When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Sai from Ace Podcast Nation. You can keep up to date with what's going on on Twitter at Ace Cash Nation and our Facebook page. All our latest shows and videos, you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, hit the subscribe button, and then hit the bell to get notifications every time we upload a video. Uh, so you may have caught our first video where we discussed the MCU Phase 1. Uh, today we're moving on to Phase 2, which is uh, the juicy stuff. Joining me is my buddy from the Conspiracy Theory Show's Reese. Say hi, Reese. Hi, Reese. Mm. So we talked about in the first, uh, first episode of this, uh, a de- decade long of storytelling we went through. The, uh, the two Iron Man films and Thor. We try to keep it relatively short rather than going through each film blow by blow. But obviously, phase one culminated with Avengers. And that's a bloody awesome film, if I do say so myself. Uh, so the first film in phase two, which was in 2013, was Iron Man 3. Uh often slated as the worst of the Iron Man films. However, this might be a hot take, it might not. I disagree. It's one of my favourite Iron Man films. And the reason it's one of my favourite Iron Man films is because it was directly after Avengers when he'd flown up in the black hole and taken the nuke up there. And... I liked that he didn't just go back to his normal life and well, that was fine. Remember the last week when we fought a load of aliens? It was like it impacted him and he had PTSD and he was like struggling. And I liked the whole arc of that side of it. The storyline was a bit ropey, some of the baddies. And I think a lot of the reason people don't like it is because they teased the Mandarin as a baddie and then didn't do the Mandarin as a baddie. They did Trevor Slattery pretending to be the Mandarin. And I think that's what puts people off. But from I'll be honest, I didn't like Iron Man 3. I I don't think there was really any need for the film. Yeah, I could I could I can agree with that. I think there was it was probably the wrong time. But his I liked his storyline that it it wasn't just like, oh, we fought aliens last week. We nearly all died. But, you know, back to normal. I flew a nuke in space type thing. And that's the ongoing joke, isn't it? Where he sort of says, like, did I ever mention when I took a nuclear nuclear weapon up into space? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I, see, they, I can I see why they people... wasted a whole like, film on one line. Yeah. I think... Yeah, it's like, I can see why people don't like it. All it really, like each film introduces us to a plethora of different things, 
all we had from Iron Man 3 really was the different suits. Yeah, they, I think they wanted to skip on like a 20, uh, 20 marks to yeah. to get to the real recent stuff. But, I mean, it was it was all right. I quite liked it. But like I said, I knew that was going to be controversial because not many people seem to like it. However, the next one, later that year, was Thor's The Dark World, which I don't like. You don't like that one, do you? No, I really don't. It's a typical Marvel film. I don't like, I'm not a massive fan of Natalie Portman, and I just, she gets a bit too big a role for my liking. Although she's got a big role in the first one, but I don't know if she annoyed me in the second one, and I just never really, you know, I say I I don't like it. That's not true. Because I like all the Marvel films, and I like yeah, all, it's just one of the, the less ones. Yeah, but this one is down the sort of bottom of my list of films that I like. <clears throat> I, I um, like it, but I'll agree with you there. If I had to, you know, to work, compile a list of Marvel films in order of enjoyment, it'd be down the bottom somewhere. I wish they'd had more of the uh, the Warriors three in this one as well. Because I thought they did a great job with those in the first Thor film, introducing them all and Jamie Alexander and like his buddies. And then in this one, they didn't do as much. Or what they did do, I didn't find as entertaining and engrossing as I did in the first one. Yeah, then, they, they, they tickled us a touch with Thanos, didn't they? Yeah. So, like, the Dark World, the, what I did like in the Dark World is the post credit scenes because that's when you saw the Collector for the first time when they take the, uh, the ether, what was it, uh, the red stuff to the yeah. Collector at the end and you see, oh, shit, it's the Collector and he's got, he's collecting. Uh, <clears throat> so, the mid, sorry, mid, the mid credit scene, uh, you had Sif. Lady Sith and Volstagg visit the Collector and entrust the Ether to his care. Uh, and commenting that the Tesseract is in already in Asgard and you can't have two Infinity Stones in the same place. Um, and then as they leave, the Collector states his desire to sort of say, I want all five stones. And, and then the post, the post credits, the very last credit scene is just Thor and Jane Foster reuniting, which yeah, that like was a story that never really went anywhere. Yeah, well, she kicked off, I think, didn't she? She didn't like... She, um, I think she wanted a bigger role. And I think she's a bit... In terms of what fans think of her, I think some of the people like her, some people don't. And I think yeah. she wanted a bigger <clears throat> role and she couldn't agree in a contract. I think I'm right in saying that, but I don't know for definite. That uh, surprise me. No, that's it. You would though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, do you know if you if you were in like the first two Thor films and you had a big role, and your contract was coming up, you'd ask for a bit more money and a bit more of a role. But you got to look at it. You know, she was only a love interest in it. She wasn't like a major star of it as such. Well, I think the reason I'm sure I read somewhere that obviously in the comics, Jane Foster becomes Thor after Thor. I think she wanted to go down that route for a female Thor. Yeah. And they didn't. Or they, if they did, they didn't want to go down it with that character. 
and they hadn't built that character in any way to do that. No. So I'm quite glad they didn't. Yeah, they haven't even tickled that one, have they? So. No. Uh, 2014, then, you had uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. The Soldier, yeah. Favourite. It's one of my favourite films, I guess. Uh, definitely in my top five Marvel films. Um, um, the moment when you first realise that the Winter Soldier is Bucky. Yeah. It's like, I still remember that. It's like, oh shit, it's Bucky. Because I didn't, before I watched this, I didn't know who the Winter Soldier was in the comics. Um, I, I didn't either. That's why it, it was the nice surprise for me. And it was really good. And I really like the guy who plays Crossbones in this, uh, Frank Grillo. He's not Crossbones in this, but he's the guy who turns into Crossbones. Yeah. Um, this was like really, it was like a change of pace because it was like a spy. It was almost like a spy thriller, but with comic book characters woven into it. Um, it introduces you to Falcon for the, you know, for the first real time. Um, so you've got uh, Colby Smulders is back as Maria Hill, and you've got Haley ha- Atwell is in it on and off as uh, Peggy Carr, and you've got Robert Redford as the bad guy, the Hydra guy at the end, and Black Widow. So like, even though it was a Captain America film and not an Avengers film, there's actually some huge names and huge characters in this film yeah um, and obviously it gets even bigger when they move to civil war but i mean yeah this is one of my definitely one of my favorites i just like the way they built it up and it was like the big twist you had like a twist with it being bucky if you didn't know and then you had the twist sort of towards the end when you find out that the majority of them are hydra uh yeah it's pretty good i like this one I liked it, but I, I'm going to be honest. Out of the three Captain Americas, that was number three for me. Oh, Civil, really? Civil War was my favourite. Civil War was amazing. And the first one, I liked the way they introduced Captain America. Yeah, they did a good, very good job yeah. of um, just introducing his character and then Steve Rogers as a guy as well. Um, yeah, you know, I just I, 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 I like Spider-Man. Well. All he is, he's he's a human who's a bit faster and a bit stronger, but his heart is beyond. Yeah, just like that never, never give up type thing, isn't it? Yeah. But um yeah, I I I do like this, I gotta confess. It's uh, I like all of the Captain America films. Well, I like when you, a- think, when, that's it, when you think of it. And, like, I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's one of my favourite Marvel films. And then you say about the other Captain Americas, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's just so many. It's difficult to to narrow it down to, like, a couple. Yeah. You're sort of trying to, like, <clears throat> pick what's what. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot of big characters in this. Um, and it's a good, you know, it's, I like the twists. And I like the bit at the end when um, Robert Redford's character thinks he's like winning the day, yeah. and uh, Black Widow's got the mask on, like pretending to be one of the Hydra people. And I, yeah, I like that bit. 
I like I say, I like like <laughs> spy sort of thrillers as well. So this yeah. was like right up, right up my alley. This was. Yeah, it wasn't a superhero film, was it? As such. No, no, it wasn't. And then, following on from this, you had one of my, were definitely in my top three, was yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, which was just incredible. It's so funny and it's so good. I, um, yeah, Captain America, uh, Captain America, sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy is just, it's got everything you want. It's like, yeah, because none of them are really like super superheroes, are they? As such, no. But they are just... all they're major players. Yeah, and, and it's and it's, it's again, it's like that that thing we talked about in the first the first video with Iron Man. It's like he wasn't like this big, well-known superhero. Like people said when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, people said. Why are they doing that? Yeah. Because I'll be honest, no I, didn't one... like I didn't like the look of it at first. Well, I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't so know I any of the characters. And I, the literally watched... I was mm, one man impressed. I literally just watched it because it was a Marvel film. But I Blue think I got... By the time it came out, I was relatively... Um, re- relatively up to date. Like with who they are and stuff, just because I looked at you know you watch videos and people discussing it and stuff, but uh, it's just got a, the right mix of everything. And what I liked about it is, apart from I think it's a good standalone science fiction thrill, like blockbuster, is you brought back Thanos for the first time as like a relatively big character throughout the film. Yeah. You had Roman and all the good baddies. But you also, so it linked, even though it was completely different, it was in space, there was no Avengers in it, there was just no real links to the characters you'd already knew, apart from Thanos. There was, you found out more in Guardians of the Galaxy about the Infinity Stones than you probably found out in the majority of the other films. Yeah, when they had the scene with the collector, and the, you know, and he tells them where they came about and what they did, and all this type of thing. But yeah, Guardians is Guardians One is definitely in my top three of all of them, hundred percent. I think I prefer Guardians of the Galaxy Two to the first one. Oh, do you? Only because yeah. of Baby Groot. Yeah, Baby Groot is pretty cool. Baby Groot my kids is probably the best character ever. That that opening scene where they're having the big battle with that massive monster and he's just dancing around and chasing them little rat-looking things. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. legendary, that is. That is the typical innocence of a kid. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, like, to me... Guardians 1 is just so good. But then, like you say, when you look at it and you think of it, Guardians 2 has got so much in it, which was really good. And they introduced new characters and stuff. And they show the potential within Star-Lord to be something else. Yeah, and like right at the end of um, of Guardians 1, 
right at the end after the battle and stuff when they're in on Xandar and they're sort of saying their goodbyes and whatever and he finds out he's got his uh, his ship back uh, the woman <clears throat> played by Glenn Close I forget what her name was but like the, the leader of Xandar says to him when we scanned you when you were coming into prison um, you're not fully like you're not all human yeah so like they just were like is they don't like smack you over the head with it and they don't go into loads of detail they just yeah. say it they're let and, they off. and it didn't make you think he's as big as what he actually is no and then it's only when you get to the second one that they you move on towards that then you meet ego and you realize star lord's actually pretty much a celestial yeah which is like I like same as you. I never read or anything, but I've looked into a little bit of back history, and you know the uh, the Eternals and the Celestials, they're ultimate beings. Yeah, well, they're like the sort of the kind of creators of everything, and they in the Marvel universe, and like yeah. everyone assumes that because he was sort of part celestial or not he's going to be the one to take Thanos out and then by taking him out spoiler alert in Infinity War it like changed the playing field again yeah because people assumed that he was going to have play like a big part in I mean he might technically I suppose but well, people assume Star-Lord cost them they were yeah, and human emotion took over. So after Guardians one, we had 2015's Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that? Avengers: Age of Ultron. The first time I watched it, I don't know why, I wasn't that impressed. But I watched it with the kids, so I didn't really watch it properly. And then the second time I watched and I'm a big fan of Blacklist. Mm-hmm. So, amazing actor for it. James Spader, Ultimate. But the that second time well. I watched it, and you really, really watch it. Wow. Amazing. There's so much in it. There's so much in it. That, yeah. And I think same with all Marvel films, is there's so many little small details within the two hours of the film that you can sometimes miss them yeah. the first time you watch it. Like I watched this I watched Age of Ultron, my missus in the cinema and I was the same. I was like, Well that was good. But I'm not sure if it was as good as I thought it was gonna be. But then when I watched it at home on DVD, I thought it was awesome, and I love watching it now. Yeah, totally I, uh, same with me, mate. Totally the same. I, I'm the same as you. I like James uh, James Spader. I was, I loved the trailers for it with the the Pinocchio song, and oh, yeah. there are no strings on me. I love those trailers. And like that was three years ago now, but like I remember vividly watching those trailers constantly and just like waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him 
Yeah, and the ultimate thing with the Marvel films is the end credits, isn't it? Yeah, they're just so good. And what was the end credits of uh, Age of Ultron? I think now. I can't even remember right now, mate. Tell you now. Talk about it. What's your favourite moment from it? From Age of Ultron? Um. Gotta be when what's his face saves Hawkeye, isn't it? I think it's when Ultron actually becomes Ultron. Uh, yeah, when he goes in, when he's all like, um, when he's all messed up and that. Yeah, and, and you're like, perfect. wow. It was a bit Terminator esque. Yeah, I like the scene and, where and they're you all think to yourself, what have they unleashed here? Yeah. And you don't realise how powerful he actually is until, you know, the film goes on a little bit. Yeah. And, then, and Vision, amazing character. Yeah, but when I you think about it, Vision has always been there since the first film. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it was Tony's computer all the way through. You know, you, you, you hear that voice right the way through it. And even though we know the actor, you still don't really put a face to it, but they nailed it with the way they, everything about Vision. Yeah, and I think they, um, what they did really well was <clears throat> you had Paul Bettany doing the voice of Jarvis, but they did it in such a way that it just, you never really thought of it as Paul Bettany. It was yeah, just it's, like a, it's a computer voice. Yeah, so you just never thought of it. So yeah, I like that. So the um, the in the mid credit scene on Age of Ultron, Thanos, who's like, uh, he's pissed off with the failures of all the people he sent. He puts the gauntlet on himself the first time and says, "Vows to retrieve the Infinity Stones himself." Yeah. yeah, just come back to me then as soon as you started saying it. Yeah. And that was our real introduction to shit's going down. Yeah, that was when you knew it was coming. And but they then, still managed to slip quite a few films in between, but everyone still couldn't wait for that point to see Thanos come back. Yeah, they like, if you think, like, was that two? So that was 2015. So you're talking like seven, eight years of waiting for that moment. Yeah. Just to keep people that hyped and interested for it. To it's all great. the way going, like last year when they brought out Infinity War, it's and it, it, it going. doesn't even seem that long ago. All these films were out, mate. Well, I, like I said, I remember being on like YouTube and that, waiting for uh, Age of Ultron trailers and stuff, constantly like looking at stuff and watching videos and people talk about it. And I know it's only three years, but like when you've got kids, mate, three years feels like. Ten. Oh, didn't it, Jeff? No. So then, 2015, Ant Man came out, and it was a bit lighter than the films before it. Again, not your typical Marvel film, is it? Well, no, he's a thief, isn't he? Yeah, and it was one of them. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Mm. And, and then, then I sure, watched I it. Liked, it was like, I liked, amazing. Actually, 
Yeah, it is really good. And I like no, this is all down to the casting. Paul Red, I couldn't imagine a different actor being Ant Man. You know, if you if you had another choice, every single one of the Marvel characters pretty much, the ones they've got now, if you could choose someone else to play that character, you wouldn't. Whereas look at the beginning, like when they changed Hulk War Machine. Mm. They dabbled with a few, but now They've nailed it. Every single character they bring in is spot on for the person they're going to play. Yeah, and and like Ant Man had some big, big. They all they all seem to have big names. But like I like Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, Corey Stoll's really good as Yellow Jacket as well. I think he plays that character that character really well, and you can feel why Hank Pym helped hates him and didn't trust him and that type of thing. Yeah. And then you could feel why he's pissed off because he didn't help him and he didn't give him the pin particle. Yeah. And then you've got like uh, Falcons in any briefly, only briefly he's in just in that one scene at the Avengers facility where they, um, <clears throat> where they want to go and steal the, what was it? I don't know what they were stealing, but they would wanted to steal something from the Avengers facility, and uh, he's fighting him, and he can't see him and stuff. And then he, yeah, what was it they were trying to steal? Oh, I, can't I watched it the other day with the kids as well, so I should know. I've seen the wasp three times. Lately, it was a, the kids have that one now. It was quantum, um, something to do with the quantum. It was power the quantum. Realm, yeah, I can't remember what it was. I, I'm still not 100% down with what the quantum realm exactly is, and why is it not being oh, touched on before? Well, I think because the only people to ever be there and come back is obviously Wasp and. Oh, Janet Van Dyme and Ant-Man so like if you think before he went there no one had ever been there and no one had ever come back so then they can't have touched on it if you get what I mean but I, I but, think it's, it's going to play a big part in Endgame isn't it I think yeah I think um, when because obviously at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, they're going <clears> to, <throat> they, they disappear and he's stuck in there. I, I think that he's going to end up being spat out somewhere. Don't yeah. quite know where. How is it going to be at that? Time, I think he's going to be spat out either in the future, like a year down the line, after Infinity War, or he's going to be spat out like in like 2013 before the battle of new york or something yeah i don't think he's going to come out where he went in type thing oh definitely not when he went in because look at the um clips you've seen out for endgame where they show him staring at the posters and things yeah the posters i think that's got to be the time he comes out so it's going to be after the click of the finger yeah I i wouldn't believe any of those but like you say yeah marvel genius is throwing us off the wrong scent yeah 
the um, I saw an interview with Kevin Feige before, and he said that their marketing for Avengers Endgame will be like nothing they've ever done before. Yeah. You will only see the first 15 minutes of the movie in the trailers, and not everything which is in the trailers will be in the films. They've already, so like, they already did that with Infinity War, didn't they? Look at the yeah. beginning. They've got them all running through um, Wakanda. But th- this all plays into my ultimate theory. Maybe that did actually happen. All right. Go on. Well, basically, I, I think... Uh, actually, we need to do this when we speak about Infinity War because it ties into that majorly. We'll do that one last. Yeah. So, in the mid credit scene of Ant-Man, uh, Hank Pym shows his daughter the Wasp prototype suit he's been designing for her. And then in the post credit scene, we had uh, Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes, and they had him in custody. But they were unable to contact Tony Stark because of the accords. So it was based, and then Wilson mentions that he knows someone who can help. So basically, what it was, it was the scene from Civil War where <clears throat> some stuff's gone on and they got to contact Ant Man, which was again, that was a weird way of doing it because they hadn't done that before either, where yeah. they just plucked the film from the film, which was plucked the scene from the film that was coming out next and just chucked it in the end credits which you know is that's different again they've changed the game so many times on how they promote and uh the thing is you've got to be fair to them no matter what they do now they nail it every single time that's it and it's just it's a weird and i is even like we said, even the films that like we've talked about, or we're going to talk about, where you say, "Oh, not sure they're great," or "Not one of my favourites," they're still all amazing. Yeah, and like I, I lost count of how many times I've watched them all in order from start to finish with the kids. Yeah, I love doing it. <laughs> Takes I, much... I just want to say, though, because we're not going to speak about this film in any of the phases, but I love Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool is awesome. How can you not love the guy? Forward to a couple of years down the line when he uh, pops up. He's, he's got to come back in at some point, haven't he? And the X-Men, come on. No, the X-Men and Fantastic Four will, but they'll recast them. But... Well, they've already recasted the Fantastic Four with them young ones, didn't they? Yeah, but they won't. They'll recast them again. I think they're going to stick. You? I don't. They did dreadfully bad. Yeah. So I think, but now they're with Disney, they'll recast all of them. The only one they won't recast is Deadpool. Um, and they've said that as well, which I'm quite glad about because Ryan Reynolds is amazing, mate. Yeah, he's so good, isn't he? Yeah. So so good. Perfect. So we're, that's the end of phase two. Um, so before we end this video and then we make another video about phase three, what? tell me one of your theories about Avengers Endgame then. Okay, I'll tell you what. 
how how will uh, how do you think they'll get the people who've been dusted back? They're going to go back in time. Back in time, what? Yeah. Um, we'll uh, talk more about it in phase three. There's a right. lot that's got to happen before they go back in time. I don't think all these people are tied into the Soul Stone or anything like that. I don't think they're in the quantum realm. As it stands, when we watched Infinity 4, when he clicked his fingers, all them people died. They didn't go to a different realm or anything like that. They died, end of story. And not just on Earth, all over the universe. See, in the comics, all those people... They go to the Soul Stone. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think that they were going to do that because uh, Kevin Feige said, oh, no, they're not. They're dead. Whoever died, died. But when you when he's talking to Baby Gamora at the end, that's in the Soul Stone because you can tell by the light and the way it's... Um, the way that they liked the scene is the same as they did earlier on in the film when he used the soul stone. Yeah. But um, what you've got to remember with that gun, that Thanos has pretty much got the power to do anything he wants. So he could probably travel it to the soul stone realm. Yeah. It's a weird but everyone else, everyone who turned to dust, I think that was it. They died. They haven't gone to a different realm or the soul stone or the quantum or whatever it might be. They all died right across the universe. 50% of living existence was wiped out. See, there's some people who think that um, the Doctor Strange is going to be able to contact people from it within this from the soul stone. And that's how they'll free them or they'll get them back. I don't think that'll happen, but there is a slight precedent to it from the Doctor Strange movie. Um, but we're not going to talk about that because That's we're move three. On. indeed. Uh, so thanks for joining me, Reese. Uh, cheers for the people for joining us. We finished phase two, uh, so join us for the next video where we discuss phase three. Uh, follow us and follow us on Twitter at AceCast Nation or underscore Nation and subscribe on YouTube and come say hi. Cheers. Bye all. Laters. Sports Social Podcast Network.